I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode 145 of the podcast, everybody, with me, Dan Prosser, and Andrew Frankel, my co-host. Now, last week was a fairly grown-up episode talking about uh, the reality of living with an electric car right now in 2023. Um, So to offset what was a fairly grown-up topic, we're just playing a stupid game this week. Um, It's a little bit of fun. Um, It's quite lively. Hopefully it's enjoyable to listen to. You'll have to let us know. Um, I explain uh, the rules to my game um, in a moment. We then end the podcast by um, sort of touching on the EV topic again, responding to a little bit of feedback. But Um, The bulk of this episode is me and Andrew playing a ridiculous game that I devised. Uh, I hope you enjoy listening. Andrew, let me explain the rules of this stupid game that we're going to be playing this week. Um, Actually, it doesn't have a name at the moment. Maybe a name will come to us. But the idea is that I have come up with 20 cars and each of those cars is written on a slip of paper and is in this hat. Actually, it's not a hat. It's a plastic jug. But the point is... (laughs) We are each going to draw 10 cars at random out of this plastic jug. Yes. Okay? Yes. I also, in front of me, have written on more slips of paper 10 very diverse driving scenarios or situations. Okay. Okay? Okay. So to begin with, we're going to draw 10 cars out of the okay. hat no, each. No, so I, I, I think I've already spotted the floor of this. Go on. You already know what the driving situations are, don't you? I do. Because you thought of them. Yes. Uh, we are recording this as I look at my... It's 18 minutes past nine on a Monday morning, and this is literally the first I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah, so I'm right. at a huge advantage. Yes. Um, I, I think can maybe... We, can, we, can we call it maybe Dan Wins? Dan is it a competition? Uh, is it going to be a winner? I don't know. I, maybe we'll have to somehow get the listeners to vote on who has chosen the most appropriate cars. Okay. Um, but uh, so to balance it out, Maybe we'll yeah. do it again later on and you can come up with the cars and you can come up with the driving scenarios um, yes. just to even things out. So, yeah, if you haven't figured it out already, we're going to draw. And, you, and you're doing the draw as well. So you could <laughs> yeah, easily, because we're not actually filming these things, you could have two separate jugs in front of you, one with all the cool cars, which you're going to pick, and then you just give me the dross. <laughs> well, you just have to trust me. So if I end up with the Allegro, I'll know what's going on. Okay, well, there is an, Ale- an Allegro in there. There but, is an Allegro in there, is there? But there's also a counterpoint to the Allegro, so yeah, you just have to that. hope you don't get both. Um, so we've got 10 cars each there are 10 driving scenarios yeah. we have to nominate one car for each driving scenario okay. as you say I'm at huge advantage because I know what's coming yes. um, so I suppose we should just crack on I have no idea yeah. how this is going to go really it's an opportunity to talk about these cars and maybe share some of our experiences in a slightly fun out there way um, so I'm going to I'm going to draw one out of the hat for you to begin with, okay? Okay. Oh, and you have, to, you have to write it down so that you can yeah, mark yeah, them yeah, off as yeah, you go. Yeah. Now I have my trusty Bic Biro in my hand. Okay. All right, go on. So your first one yeah. is a Toyota Land Cruiser Amazon. Ooh, happy with that. Yeah? Yeah. Not, not a bad start for AF. Okay. That'll do. 
I should have made sure this plastic jug was not a bit wet at the bottom, shouldn't I? Um, okay. Nice. I've got a Subaru Legacy 3-litre R-Spec-B. So that's the six-cylinder Boxer Legacy. Right. Yep. So, so we're, we're, quite, we're quite Japanese at the moment. Uh, yeah, we're not anymore. Audi RS4 B7, that's yours. That's, that's mine, the, is it? That's the high-revving V8 one. Yeah. The first of them. Yeah. Oh. Don't tell me you've got the 911. <laughs> no, I've got the Rover Metro. You've got the Rover Metro? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Do you know what? I don't think I put a 911 in here. That I mean, so, so are, are you being sort of specific about this? Is this a, it's like a 1.1S Rover Metro? Or is it any Rover? Or is it, it could be a GTA? I think we have to assume it's the crappest one. Okay. So it's not a fast one. And it's, it's a Rover a, Metro, not an Austin Metro. Yeah, it's a Rover Metro. Okay. So that in itself is less crap than an Austin Metro. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a Rover Metro, so we just have to stick with that. Fine, um, fine, fine. Okay. Oh, well, hmm. Maybe this is fixed. McLaren 675LT, that's yours. Rocking. <laughs> okay, so, so the, the, the game is going to be not knowing the scenarios where I'm at a massive disadvantage to you is keeping something in reserve. Yeah. In yeah. the hope that you get a lap of the Nürburgring as one of the driving scenarios or something like that, yeah? Well, there you go. It'll, but, the, but, but, then you, but then you could end up having to take your 675LT for your days off-roading at the end if that, is, if that hasn't come up. There you go. That is the challenge. It's going to um, unfold beautifully, okay? Yeah, My okay. next one is a Honda Civic Type R EK9. That's the very first one. Yep. We sp- spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We did. Or last week, I think. Last um, week, your I think. next one is a Bentley Turbo R. Mm. I'm doing all right over this at the moment. Yeah, not bad. I think you're doing better than I am. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> okay, well, I've got a Mercedes 300 SL, the Gullwing. Okay. You have a Caterham 420R. Ooh. God, you better end up with something crap. I have... I'm almost hoping I get something rubbish now. Yeah. Okay, I've got a Countach. Well, any particular source? A nice one, one or? original one. Ah, Pedescopa. Okay. Oh, and to offset that, you've got a Ferrari Testarossa. Ooh. A road car, presumably, <laughs> not a 1950s yeah, yeah, yeah. racer. Yeah, the 80s one, yeah. Yeah, okay. I have a 458 Speciale. Right, we're in the Italian era at the moment. Yeah, we are a little bit. You've yeah. got a Dodge Viper. That's the original one. The Dodge Viper. Sorry, I can't say Dodge Viper without trying to sound like Clarkson for some bizarre reason. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've got seven, okay. Okay, I've got a Peugeot 106 Rally. I'll take that. A rally. Can you say Rally without, in, in an English accent? I can't say Rally in not a Welsh accent. Yeah, well, I can't either. Chris Harris rally. can't. But he does a good Welsh accent. If I try and yes. do it, I just sound idiotic, but he can do it beautifully. Um, oh, well done. You've got a Ferrari 250 GT short wheelbase. Oh, jackpot! <laughs> So I'm getting choices now. There, there are certain environments where I might take my short wheelbase or my 675 LT. Uh, okay. I've got an Aerial Atom 4. Oh, okay. You've got a Chevrolet Corvette Z06. That's the, the C6 version from about 2008. Yeah. I have <clears throat> a Jaguar Mark II. That's the 3.8. Mark II 3.8. Classy choice. Favourite transport of bank robbers. <laughs> you have, I'm afraid. Oh, God. An Austin Allegro. Yay! You know, I'm quite pleased about that. 
<laughs> and last, and no, not least, I've got a current Land Rover Defender 110. Right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Excellent. Yeah, happy? Right. Okay, you've got your list. I'm rocking. Ah, okay. So you've got some variety in there, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so apart you... from the Allegro, which has yeah. kind of got comedy value, I don't think I've got anything rubbish. No, not really. When we do this again, and I do it, in a month's time or so, it's going to be Crap Car Central. Okay, fine. It's, go- it's go. going to be all Suzuki X90s. and. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, well, let's have our first driving scenario then. As I said, there are 10 of these, so we choose a car for each one. Um, they're diverse. <clears throat> it's not all about performance driving necessarily. Um, but this first one then. Ooh, okay. It's a ski holiday in the Alps with friends. We both have to nominate one for this particular driving scenario. Um, so this is from the UK to the Alps. That's a solid 12-hour day of driving, at least. Um, with friends? And, yes. So you, with three friends. So there's four of you and Clobber. Well, that's the Amazon dealt with, isn't it? Are you sure? Well, okay, but okay, it can only be the Amazon or the RS4. I can't take the Allegro, the Corvette, the short wheelbase, the Viper, <laughs> the Testarossa, the 420L, the Tur- I suppose I could take the Turbo R on winters. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be quite punchy. There you no, go. I, no, no, I, I wouldn't because I, do you need four wheel drive? <sighs> Hard to I'm going to take the it? Turbo R on winters. There you go. Okay. Fantastic. Turbo yeah. R on winters. I mean, that would, that would be a, sen- that would be a proper sense of occasion drive, wouldn't it? That'd be brilliant. So, yeah. okay, I'm going to match these up then. And, so, and, and get this, because there are four of us, we can split the fuel bill, which we'll be needing to do. <laughs> so that just brings it into parity with any other normal car, doesn't it? Exactly. Okay. okay. Ski holiday. You're going Bentley Turbo R on winters. I yeah. am going, I'm going it's to use the... my Subaru Legacy 3-litre R spec B. So, you, you, so, you, so you're keeping the, 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 the Defender in up your sleeve actually there you go it is important that you go first for each of these isn't it yes uh, that yeah. is important okay good um well i think you're going to have a more fun ski trip or certainly the drive to the ski trip than i am uh do you think you're going to get there are you confident you'll get there in my turbo r yeah absolutely 100 percent. Well, okay well I mean, that big v8 is just you know it's it's long-legged it's lazy i mean presumably it's not going to be presumably it's a reasonable condition isn't it yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have yeah, to assume that. Of course, that. it's going to get there. We'll just loll okay. up along at sixty-five miles an hour and have a lovely time. Yeah, and we'll, and, yeah. And, and we'll take it in turns to sit in the back. Yeah, with our presumably we've got a cocktail cabinet in there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> it'll be absolutely fantastic. I'll drive okay. first, so that I, I think I can then not drive it anymore. Sit in the back and get completely plastered. <laughs> I think you win that one. Yeah. Okay, let's have another driving scenario then. Aha! A track day at Spa. And again, you have to go first. You have to go first each time. Well, it's not the Allegra, is it? <laughs> a track day at Spa. It's got to be the Caterham. It's got to be the Caterham because I'm guessing there's not going to be another track day anywhere. And you know, and, and for me, with any track day that you do, you always have to look at the potential downside that something goes badly wrong. I mean, and a Caterham around Spa, 420R, particularly a Caterham with a bit of power, mm. is going to have as much, it's going to be as much fun as a 675LT. 
and I'd just be too bloody scared to take my short, my short wheelbase around there. Yeah. Um, so it has to be the caterer. There okay. Well, I'm going down the same similar sort of path. I'm taking my Aerial Atom 4. Okay. Um, yeah, a sort of a lightweight track focus. We've both done the same thing. So how I've not I've driven a couple of aerial atoms, but only yeah. fairly briefly and never on track. So how am I going to get on at Spa? You're going to love atom? it, but because it's a four. If it had yeah. been a three or a three and a half, you'd have scared yourself mm. because they had that atoms pre four atoms. They, I mean, they were great cars, but they did this weird thing. And it was all because of where that Honda engine was mounted at the back. It was mounted too high. And they had this really disconcerting oversteer on turning. So you'd go like, turn in, and suddenly you'd have to turn out again because the mm. back was off. And so they had to be driven in a very particular way. And it wasn't until the four came out that they really, really got on top of that. The only one which, the only exception to that was a 3.5R, which had the trick diff and, F, and, and, you know, and very, very trick dampers and, and that sort of thing. And that kind of got around the problem. But if it's a, if it's a normal atom, um, yeah, whereas the four is just, despite being just so ridiculously fast, it's a pussycat. And, mm. which is also important, it's re- and it is bizarrely good in this regard because you just wouldn't expect it. It's really good in the wet too. Is it? I can remember doing a wet castle, a uh, wet uh, track day at Castle Coombe with one, and just thinking, "Oh my god, it's just going to be horrendous." And it wasn't. It was really, really, really impressive. Was it on daft tyres? Yeah. Well, what do they usually do? They usually come on Toyos or something, don't they? Mm. Or yokes? I can't remember. It seemed to be on daft tyres, but it found a way. It's I mean, you know, the, because they're not very stiff. Mm. Um, and the geometry is really, really good. It just didn't scare me. It wasn't twitchy or, or anything. It was really, really good. So I think that's actually... So are we going to try and between us agree who's won each round? Yeah, we could do, couldn't we? And then we can keep a running score. And yeah, oh, Although we're going to okay, have some so, arguments. Okay, so I've won the first round. Sorry. Legacy versus <laughs> Turbo R. 1-0, yes. Frankel, okay? Yeah, AF1. I think the Caterham versus atom thing is really really difficult because i'm sitting here i really don't know which i'd rather do a lap of sparring i'd certainly rather drive the caterham there and back presuming because you couldn't you can have it with some weather equipment but let's presume that we've trailed them or whatever so that's not that's not part of the consideration i think i'd probably because it's spa because it's a big power circuit i think i'd probably rather drive the aerial only just would you yeah i think so Mm. Okay, so the, um, I, I think I'd rather drive the Caterham, but only because I'm more familiar with them. I've raced them, I've driven so many on track. Yeah. So given the choice, that is what I'd jump into. Um, so we're going to call that a draw. Can we have draws? No, we can't have draws. Okay. Uh, so uh, how do we score this one? Oh, well, I'm, you've seemed fairly emphatic, so I'm going to give myself that one. Okay. Um, so it's one all, one apiece. Yeah, so d- just talking about lightweight track cars on track in the rain... Um, you said the, the Atom was surprisingly drivable in poor conditions. Yeah. I remember driving a Caterham at Castle Coombe in horrendous conditions. Track was so greasy. Yeah. It was a fairly leery Caterham. Um, and it had, I think, Avon track optimised tyres. Pretty wild tyres. Yeah. Um, and we had stuff on Cup 2s. Um, you know, we had big, heavy, turbocharged BMWs. We had a GT3, yeah. supercars. Everything was tricky around that. You were there that day. Everything was tricky. And this Caterham turned out, and I thought, I looked at the tyres and I just thought, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. And of course, it was the most drivable thing there. Yeah. It was so easy to get on top of and thrash around. Because it's just, a, you know, it's the weight, isn't it? You know, yeah. when two tonnes of metal starts moving, yeah. 
it, it requires moving. four times as much you know it goes you know further and faster mm. my mass isn't really up to it but you know if a catering <laughs> weighing a quarter of that amount starts moving it's always going to be easier to catch it's always going to be yeah. more containable and so it stays in that window of what you're comfortable doing because if it's a quick for want of a better phrase dab of oppo mm. And you're just on your way and you can keep on the gas and you know it's never, ever going to go and get wild on you. You just drive it in a completely different way. Whereas mm-hmm. if it's something on, you know, on cup twos or golf for big cup two hours and it's wet and it's, a, and it's quite a heavy car and you get that awful sort of, it's not really a slide, it's more of a sort of skid nah. where it suddenly goes yeah. from gripping to being and suddenly you're really, really busy and, 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 and all you're trying to do at that stage is not crash. That's no fun at all. Mm. Also feel... You really sense what's going yeah, on in these lightweight absolutely cars. Absolutely right. You do. Yeah, with mm. with with no power steering or, yeah, or yeah. anything else. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Well, let's have another driving scenario. <coughs> yeah, you're going to be pleased. You saved one of yours for this one. Oh, uh, go on. Escape the Sahara. Escape the Sahara. Well, okay, fine. That's, that's two <laughs> one to two one Frankel. <laughs> well, you're going to have to play your defender card, and I'm going to be in my yeah. Amazon, and, I, and and you know. Well, I think I, I sadly I agree with you. I am going to use my Defender because, well, it's the only four-wheel drive car I've got left. So I'm taking my new Land Rover Defender. You are taking your Land Cruiser. My Toyota right? Land Cruiser Amazon um, with a big fat smile on my face. You almost took that to the Alps. I oh my God, can you imagine? So I'd be tr- yes, and then I'd be and then I would be trying to get out of the Sahara in a Turbo R. <laughs> At least you'd be comfy while you died. Oh, there you go. There you go. Bit of planning. Ah, well, this is why it's such an advantage for me, isn't it? Knowing what's coming up. It's, it, we'll call it a home advantage. That's just natural in sport, isn't it? Yes, and we, we, yes exactly. And, we, and we'll flip it around and you'll, have to, come, you'll, you, you'll yeah. have to come and play on my turf in a few weeks. Exactly. Time. Exactly. I'm enjoying this. Good. Okay. okay. Well. So we are, we are agreed that the Amazon is going to beat the Defender. Why? Okay, so, so why is the Amazon beat, beating the Defender? Yeah. The Defender is, on paper, a far better car. But it's fitness for that particular purpose, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah, so which would you rather trust to get you out of the Sahara? Well, I'd trust an Amazon over anything else that had ever been built. So, you know, QED. Which Mm. would I rather drive from here to the Sahara Defender every time? Mm. But that's not what the question was. The question was specifically, what would you trust to get you out of the Sahara? Mm. It's the Amazon. And it is the Amazon, as you say, over anything else, isn't it? Apart from, I don't know, some... Yeah. ridiculous tracked thing but as, a, as far as passenger cars go yeah that must be top of the list anyway. so it's the so it's the it's actually called the toyota land cruiser 300 and it's not on sale in the uk anymore it hasn't been on sale in the uk for about five years sadly mm. um but it is out there and i have uh, i have been in a desert in one quite recently um and yeah i i know just how good they are so yeah without any question at all okay that was yours um all right <clears throat> Interesting. So this one is a police high-speed pursuit. You're trying to get away from the Rosers. I'm trying to get from the right away from the Rosers. <laughs> well, I'm a bit, I'm a bit spoiled for choice here. Ooh. I'm trying to get away. Well, you should be in your Mark II Jaguar because that's what they were always used for. They were always used by bank robbers trying to get away from the Rosas, just, <laughs> just from a sort of cultural style point of view. Yeah. I mean, you get caught, but at yeah. least you'd get caught with, you know, a certain flair, a certain élan. <sighs> what are you going to have? I'm going to go in the RS4. 
I'm going to go yeah. my B7 RS4 estate. That's perfect, isn't it? Okay. I think it is. I think it so is. Because you've also, got power, you've got traction, got grip. Yeah. And also, if I get nerfed and wrap it around a lamppost, I've also got you know a better chance of getting out of that than I do in my Viper or my Testarossa. Mm. I'm certainly not going to do it in my 675 LT. I, mean, I think the only other one you might think about is, um, is the Z06. You go even faster, you get away even more. Maybe I'll take mm. the Z06. What's the weather like? Um, so it's, it's a bit wet. It's a cold... Slightly no, damp okay, day. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. I'm in the RS4. Okay, all right. I've okay. clarified that one for you. Um, <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I need I a think, bit of... I, I, think, I, think, I think you're in trouble here, mate. I really do. I do, I do. Well, I need... Uh, yeah, I don't have much power. I've got I've got one modern supercar in there, but I'm saving that one. You're so speciale. I'm going to try and escape the Rosas in my Lamborghini Countach. <laughs> <laughs> the trouble is it just won't be faster than a 530d police car will it no it won't well particularly as you've chosen an early one you've chosen an yeah. early four liter if you've chosen harry's quattro valvole end yeah. of the line one then you might have had a sort of chance <laughs> it's going to be the, it's going to be the cannonball run all over again isn't it uh okay well you win that one again so you're three you're three one up and i came up with the rules and i've got the home advantage um okay so hang on so that was lambo versus uh rs4 okay it is going to be cannonball you're going to have to wear one of those sort of spray on suits that the ladies in the cannonball run used to wear nobody needs to think about that (laughs) (laughs) okay quite a different one now new york to la oh no and i haven't got my bloody turbo r it's gone Although, actually, do you know what? I think I'm going to win this as well. Oh, okay, I know, I know what you're going to take. Do I mean, you? Yeah, well, okay. I think so, you probably do. I definitely know what I'm taking. It's an easy one. Oh, what is it? New York to LA. It's How many easy, miles is that? It's several thousand miles. It's a few, yeah. couple of days, a few days. Yeah, yeah. My, fairly it, boring, a lot of it. Fairly yes. boring. Talk to me about my Viper. Is it an early open Viper or is it a GTS Coupe? Um... So I had a red model one with yeah. A, the yeah the roof the Targa roof panels that came yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. So that's the early car. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you're thinking about. Yeah. I've 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 done a long drive. I've done a long drive in one of those. Um, I drove one overnight from London to Italy, and it's a pain, particularly <laughs> if there's any weather around. Uh, so I'm going to take the Testarossa. It'll be absolutely superb. The Testarossa, Testarossa will be absolutely su- quiet, really comfortable. You pull it, you hoover up all the looks from every one horse town yeah. that you go through. Um, sounds wonderful. You can blast along on those endless straights. You don't give a toss that it won't go around corners because there won't be any. Um, lots of <laughs> luggage space. Fantastic. Yeah, it's Testarossa. Absolutely. Uh, I'm painting myself into a corner here, but I'm going to go Gullwing. Yeah, I knew Just because do it that. has to. You, none of my other cars are really appropriate. Um, but what odds, what chance do you give me of getting to Los Angeles in? Oh, hundred percent. Without any, really? without any question. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't even think about it. Hmm. Uh, fuel injected, three liter engine, um, bomb proof gearbox, um, and you know the only thing that, that Gullwings are really bad at is stopping, and you won't have to do that. No, don't need to do much of that. Right, don't need to do much of that. Yeah. So, will well, it be I comfy? You, uh, yeah, really. I mean, it will be the only thing that 
you're going to find troublesome is heat. It gets mm. very, very hot in there. Now, the, the windows do come out, but you can't take them with you. Ah, oh, well, I'm leaving those in New York then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just hoping it doesn't rain too much. And also, and, and every time you go into a village, you just, you know, you just open the gull wings and just cruise through like that. And that's very, very cool. I'll have to give that to you. Good okay. Testarossa would be. I, I have to give that to you. All right. Because so what um, would I rather? I asked myself, well, what would I rather do that journey? And I'd do it in the going. That'd be very cool, wouldn't it? Very yeah. cool. Um, but, you're, but you're still <clears throat> losing two, three. I am. I am. But there's time. So we're halfway through. Yeah, you're you're in the yeah. lead. We're halfway through. We've both got five cars left. Five driving scenarios left. All right. Let's have number six then. Aha. Only car for a year. And I mean only car. You, you do not have access to anything else. You cannot borrow anything else. You can drive one car for an entire year. Bollocks. And I've got rid of the RS4 already. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just as stuffed as you are. I want to save that one. Basically, well, it's not I'm, that. It's not that. It can, it can only be one thing. I've only got one car which will... Uh, no, but I've got two that could do it. But I've got to save that. Okay, so it's the Z06. The Z06. Yeah. <laughs> so you're having an expensive year. I'm having probably an unreliable year. <laughs> Just because... you take your you take your Mark II three point eight. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to let me down much? It will a bit, won't it? It will over it's not a year. Start yeah. in winter. In a year. Well, unless you take it to you know someone like Henry Pearman and get them to you know put modern yeah. stuff on it um, but yeah. presumably I think these have to be standard original cars don't they yeah they do um, yeah. it shouldn't be too bad um, you want it to be the manual because most yeah. of them are automatic um, but you, I think you'd be surprised by how good it was 225 horsepower not yeah. 68 and a half seconds top speed 125 so you're not going to get you know you're not going to get held you're not going to go around holding up everybody mm. lots of space um, very comfortable and you know, the engine, and the gearbox aren't going to let you down. It'll be the you know Prince of Darkness Lucas headlights or you mm. know something something like that. But I'd just rather be in a Corvette if I'm honest with you. There you go, Corvette. All right, so you're knocking about in a Corvette for a year. I don't know what your family's going to make of that, what your dog's going to make of it, but there you go. You're four two up. <clears throat> All right, another driving scenario. Okay, um, let's have. So we've just had Rally Monte Carlo over the weekend, just gone. Um, the maestro, Sebastian Ogier, won again. Um, Loeb wasn't there this year, uh, but Ogier won in very convincing fashion. Cali Rovenpera, the reigning world champion, the young kid, um, was second. Um, mighty, mighty performance from Ogier. So he, you know, he's a part-time competitor now, um, and he comes in, tackles probably the most difficult rally in the world, and just wins it for the, I think, the ninth time. Ninth um, time. Just Can you, how pissed off would you be if you were a really, really good rally driver, but you started your career, I don't know, yeah. 15 years ago, 20 years mm. ago? Yeah. But your surname was either Loeb or Ogier. Ogier. Yeah. Yes, and you, yeah, your first name wasn't Sebastian. Yeah. Your entire yeah, you career, you'd know the best you could do, basically, in anything, unless they bad luck befell them was come second. Well, there are several of these guys, you know, the likes of Miko Herven and Yari Matti Latvala, um, maybe Thierry Neuville, 
world-class rally drivers, multiple rally winners, but because of the era they were born into, they, they never won championships. Um, and you're quite right, you would be a bit miffed about that. Um, so this one what's, is the Calder What's the question? Oh, God, I'm going to miss my bloody RS4 again, aren't I? Yeah, you are. Caldotrini at night. Um, so this is the most famous stage of the most famous rally. Um, yeah. It's a brilliant Alp Maritime mountain pass. Lots of hairpins, lots of big drops, um, quite narrow in places. Uh, you go all the way up to the top of the col, top of the mountain, and then down the other side. So you need a bit of power, but you probably need some brakes as well. Um, it's a hell of a road. Stunning scenery. I've been there a few times, actually, and it is it is fantastic. It's not one of those really well-sighted um, driving roads that you get in Austria or you know one of those mountain passes in Italy or something, because it's narrow. You can't see a great deal. Um, you have to be really careful and make sure you're leaving a margin. But if you've got the right car, it's brilliant fun. If only I had a car with the word rally in its title. I know. If only. If only. <laughs> <sighs> so, I can take there? one of my short uh, wheelbase. None of those are appropriate, are they? <laughs> well, the, the short wheelbase isn't going anywhere bloody near it. Um, I'm tempted to just throw it and just give it to the and get and, and get rid of the Allegro. Ah, tactical. Um, the Viper would just be hopeless. So I'm either going to try and compete, but you see, I'm up against you in a 106 rally, which I presume what you're going to take, or you could take a Civic Type R, both of which are going to be more better suited to that particular environment than the 675 LT, which frankly is the only other thing I could take. So I'm in the Allegro. A tactical play. I've thrown it. That's very nicely done. Thank you, you. got rid of that one because it was always going to lose. Yeah. So mm. basically, I, so it's three, four, regardless of what you choose. Yeah. But let's say you could now be tactical and, and, and keep something nice up your sleeve and play something crap, knowing that almost anything. You could play the Metro now and you'd still beat me. Hmm. Well, it depends what's coming up, doesn't it? It depends yes, but what's the thing coming is, up. You know that and I don't. <laughs> Indeed, I do. OK. All right. The next driving scenario. Well, hang on. What, what are you taking? Yeah, I'm taking the rally. You're taking the 106 rally, okay? Do you know what? I'm I'm super confident in that choice, but I've never even driven one. You know, what? I've driven a little... but the 106 rally would beat an Allegro. I'm pretty confident in that choice too. <laughs> but I've never driven a 106 rally. I've driven little um, Peugeot hot hatches before, but not specifically the rally. Um, mm. David Tuig's got one. He bought one a year ago or something, and he yeah. loves it. Yeah. Um, they just look like a, a total hoot on yeah. the right road. Absolutely pinned everywhere. My only concern with the 106 rally is, would you not spend your entire time in it wishing you were in a 205 rally instead? Would you? I don't mm. know. I'm, I don't think I've driven the 106 rally. I might have done. I, I mean, when I was, we were in holiday in uh, Corfu last year, and there was one parked outside the bakery where I used to go and get the bread every morning. Um, and it did look awfully cool. Mm. But my memory is that they weren't quite as much fun as a 205 rally with that wonderful twin Weber fed 1.3 litre whatever um but they're mm. also crazy money now but yes i'm sure that's the problem isn't it? Um, a 106 rally regardless of whether it was as good or not as a 205 rally would be an absolute hoot never more so than up and down the cold of Torini. yeah so i'd love play. to yeah. howl up there in a 106 rally okay, okay, I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm hoping that none of the choices still to come have got required more than two seats because i'm all out four seaters i'm already done i've lost my last back seat 
Uh, I think you're going to be okay. Well, and maybe not for one of them. No, maybe not for mm. one of them. No, you're not going to be okay for one of them. Um, <clears throat> all right, so this one. Yeah. Three laps of the Norschleifer. Oh, bloody hell. <sighs> that one's fairly straightforward for me. Actually, is it? Oh, no, because I know what's coming. <laughs> oh, you can't do that. I can. That's not fair. I can, and we, I am. We need a third person, don't we? We need a third person to come up with scenarios, and then we can do them blind. Well, uh, probably. Actually, okay, so okay, so I'm gonna have. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I don't. I've no desire to drive uh, a Viper around the North Life. I'm too scared to drive a short wheelbase around the North Life. So it's going to be my six seven five LT. Beat that. Ah, mm. uh, okay. I'm going to have to be tactical here. Oh, I'm throwing it. You're throwing it. it. You're taking the metro. I'm taking. Oh, the you metro. taking the metro around the Nordschleifer? <laughs> but that means I actually have to do three laps of the Nordschleifer in my, my Rover Metro. How long is that going to take? Quite a long time. I'd so you're now. taking the LT? Yes. Do you think? But if I know, you see, this is what's so unfair about going first. Because if I'd known you were going to play the metro, like you knew I played the LT, yeah, 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 I would have, I'd have taken something up. Well, I would have taken something. But anyway, it is what it is. It is what it um, is. Well, and you, sadly, you do win that one. Uh, and do you know um, what that means? Do you know what that means? That I can only draw. I can't lose. I can only draw in I'm my own game. In your own with, game with your design. And with a dice stacked by yourself massively in your favour, <laughs> you've managed to, con- to contrive a situation where you can't win. <laughs> uh, well, this hasn't worked out quite the way I planned, but there <sighs> we go. That's, that, that's, yeah, you see, you, underrate your, you that's underestimate your opposition. You. Mm. Okay. Right. Okay, so this next one, and this is slightly different, by the way, to a police chase, because um, the police aren't necessarily on you for this one. You're the getaway driver from a bank job. Okay? And so my logic here is that I want to slip away unnoticed. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I've got a choice of a V12 Ferrari or a V10 Dodge. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, well, yeah. At least you got a chance of getting away, though. Yeah. Mm. So I, I'm I'm going to go for the pure getaway. I want maximum explosive acceleration. I want torque. One problem is I haven't really got much place in either car um, enough space to, to stash the loot. But I'm hoping it's going to be like sort of gold bars, which are pretty dense and pretty small. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm, I, and you know, it's, it's definitely going to be the Viper, and I'm just going to be. Uh, yeah, it's the Viper. I'm going to be just trying to get the hell out of that as fast as I possibly can. Get the hell out of Dodge. Get the hell out of Dodge. There you go. So, <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm I'm taking my Honda Civic. Okay, I know it's a Type R, but to the untrained eye, it's just a little Honda hatchback. And so I'm hoping that that's going to slip under the radar, unnoticed, um, and no one's going to see see us leave the bank. It's got a boot. A reasonable boot, so you can get plenty of gold bars in there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Just to liven it up, I'm going to give that one to me. So oh. it's five four. So and the next category is going to be the short wheelbase versus the two Ferraris. Look at yeah. that versus your four five eight Speciale. The two Ferraris, and I know what it is. And sadly, I know that you've already won. Oh. I know that you've won. <clears throat> so the final one. Go on. Is. Daughter's school prom. Well, I mean... And I can participate in this because my daughter was born last week. Yes, congratulations. I wasn't going to mention that because I didn't know whether you mm. wanted that going out or not. No, but, that's um, okay. Yes. Yeah, thank um, you. 
Yes, we're massive a congratulations. We're a week in. So we're probably 18 years away from daughter's, <clears throat> daughter's school prom. Yes. Um, and the only car that I have left to take Lola to prom in is a Ferrari 458 Speciale. Not bad, sadly. It'll be, it'll be very nice. I think she'll be a very happy lady. However. Possibly not quite so happy as <laughs> either of my daughters in there. I'm going to go yeah, ex-Rob Walker, Sterling Moss, anybody, yeah. 250 short wheelbase, 1961 Tourist Trophy winning Ferrari. <laughs> With a 3-litre V12 Colombo engine and it's, ah, uh, yeah. You win. I win. Oh, fantastic. There, there would be no better school prom car than a 250 GT short wheelbase. Do you know, I think everyone, you're right. Everyone else turning up in their stretched Hummers. Yes. You know, you those terrible things. Yes. And just the Frankel girl in a 250 GT short wheelbase. Steps elegantly out of a short wheelbase. Fantastic. I'd be so proud. It would be fantastic. Well, so 6-4. You win. I win. You win Gosh. my game yes. on my turf. Okay. Um, well, we're definitely going to do this again. I'm going to have to think up 10 completely different scenarios, aren't I? Yeah, they need to be totally different, and we need uh, 20 completely different cars. Yeah. Um, how can we put a twist on this now? <clears throat> okay, so you have to escape the Sahara, but it, you can't go with the Land Cruiser that you chose first time around. I can't go with the Defender. So you have to nominate something else that's going to get you out of the desert. Well, the only thing, other thing I've got with four-wheel drive is my RS4. Yeah. Well, similarly, I've got my legacy <clears throat> Spec B, my only other four-wheel drive car, which is a more rugged kind of four-wheel drive car, I will point out. Oh, I, b- I back the legacy over the RS4 every time. Yeah. So I've got half a chance of getting out of the Sahara. Yeah. You, less so. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't help me in this contest because you no. won 6-4. Yeah. Mm. I am well, that's interesting, isn't it? I, I am the winner. I am the victor. You I'm are. so proud. <laughs> okay. It's only because I never win anything. Well, same. If that was in any way enjoyable to listen to, um, let us know and we'll do another one. We'll flip it on its head. Andrew will nominate 20 cars, 10 driving scenarios. Um, he'll have the home advantage. And we'll see if I can get some retribution, some payback, um, and win on his turf. Um, we shall Good. have to see. Let us know. All right, well, <clears throat> we've got, um, well, not a listener question, but something different okay. coming up in a moment. Um, but before that, I just want to remind you all to check out the-intercooler.com, um, our beautiful website where we publish what we hope are really engaging, interesting, um, or evocative stories every day by what we think is the best team of car journalists working anywhere right now. I don't think um, it. I know it. It is. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I completely back you in that. I really think it is. Um, the-intercooler.com. You can go and start your free trial if you haven't already. Um, also, please rate and review the podcast. I say it every week because it's so important. Just It doesn't take you much time at all. Rate and review. That's how we find new listeners. And also, if you use something like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever else, there'll be a follow button or a subscribe button or something. Just tap that. Um, again, that helps us find new listeners. Um, so we're not doing a listener question this week. We're doing feedback corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And feedback this, corner. This I don't want anyone to think that we just make this stuff up. No, 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 not at all. This is off the back of last week's podcast where we, it was a fairly grown up discussion about the reality of electric cars. 
Yes. Um, we have undoubtedly we, reverted to type this week. Yes, exactly. Quite deliberately. Um, and we invited some... We wanted to know what people thought. You know, we wanted some feedback on that because what we weren't trying to do was shoot down electric cars and explain why they're terrible. We wanted just a robust, rigorous discussion about the reality of where we stand with EVs right now. That was the point of the discussion. We invited feedback. Um, several of you, many of you emailed, um, including David Schultz. So David, thank you for getting in touch. Um, and I just want to run through some of the points that he makes and acknowledge them, I suppose. So he basically disagreed. Um, and he makes nine points. Um, the first of those is that with the likes of the McMurtry, you know, that brilliant little Batmobile-looking thing that broke the record at Goodwood up the hill, yep. the Rimac, the Audi, Dakar car, um, BMW i3 and others, we're seeing a burst of innovation within electric vehicles. Um, okay, the, the Audi is not a pure EV. I should say that. No, it's that's a range, true. It's, range extender, but yeah, go it's on. It's got a DTM engine in it, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so we're seeing innovation. That's his first point. The second yep. point... Battery technology and energy density is dramatically improving, and with billions spent, it will improve further. Okay. Mm, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word dramatic, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, and I think that there is, do you want me to address these sort of point by point, or do you want to get them all out? No, I, th- I, would... I, think, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, let's address okay. them point uh, by and, point. And I think that, so I, I don't think it is dramatic. It is developing, and it's clearly an awful lot better than it was. But I think that within, the chemistry of the lithium-ion battery, however you make it, however you configure it, I think that there are um, certain limitations which aren't going to go away. Um, and until somebody figures out what the next big thing is, I personally think um, that lithium-ion batteries will continue to be a limitation until and unless the charging infrastructure becomes good enough that range anxiety goes away and people know that there will always be a regular and affordable source of charging when on the move um, mm. and fast charging. So, you know, mm. by fast charging, I mean from 20% to 80% in between 12 and 15 minutes. Um, and until that happens, um, I can't see range anxiety becoming a thing of the past. Right, sorry, go on. No, and uh, you're right. And they will, lithium-ion will always make for a heavy car unless you yeah. can get, make that battery so small with a brilliant charged network. Um, <clears throat> so speaking of billions, he says... Um, Maybe the tens of thousands of renewable energy projects in development around the world will deliver the energy needed. So this is a point that some people make, isn't it? That if we all had electric cars and we plugged into the grid right now... um, All the lights would go off. Yeah, the lights would go off. And how much of that is going to have to come from burning fossil fuels? So it's a a point that lots of people make. He's saying, at this point, yeah, okay, that might be a problem. But there's so much being done around renewables that it might, somewhere down the line it might cease to be a problem. I agree with that entirely, but the operative word is might. Yeah, okay. And the, another operative, uh, operative word would be when. When, yeah, how far down the line. How far down the line. I think, I think ultimately, actually, I'm more, I, I'm more confident than he sounds. I think they will become a solution to the problem. Mm. But whether that is in my, my lifetime, your lifetime, or Lola's lifetime, um, mm. remains to be seen. Uh, point four, there are thousands of talented and enthusiastic designers and engineers work across the industry working on this stuff. That's true, isn't it? And these people, I th- honestly, I think if you love cars the way we do, well, so this is how I feel about it. Engineers are like demigods to me. I just think they're mm. fantastic. I think what they, they're so clever and they problem solve beautifully. 
Um, I do feel that way, and I, I think with all these very clever purple people working very hard on this stuff, there will be solutions that you and I can't dream up. Definitely. Um, Definitely. So I agree with yeah. that point. Um, so, point to the next point. Uh, a drivetrain completely tunable by humans, electric drivetrain, might not be forever worse than one dictated 100% by chemistry and physics. That's another good... Well, I'm not sure whether better is necessarily the word I would use, but certainly, I mean, certainly there are advantages, um, particularly in the way that cars uh, respond. Porsche will tell you that the Taycan is the easiest to control on the limit simply because they can determine yeah. exactly to the smallest electron how much energy goes into any given wheel at any given time. Um, and so there clearly are great advantages to be had from that and also from the point of view of having an absolutely immediate and utterly reliable throttle response as well. Mm. Um, so yes, completely. I, I, I understand there, that point. But for me, at the moment at least, it doesn't even come close to offsetting, um, you know, uh, the noise uh, that you get with mm. a great internal combustion engine, the additional weight that you get with EVs, the lack of a gearbox, all these sort of driver interaction things, um, and and yeah, um, the huge huge weight that's accounted. But yes, it's it's certainly there are stuff that there is stuff that EVs will be able to do and are able to do that ice cars cannot um david is roughly your age and his next point is that 90 percent of the cars built during his lifetime range between dull and repugnant um it's <laughs> <laughs> a fair enough point there have been lots of crap cars in that time yeah i'm not sure about 90 percent. the baseline for evs he says might at least be highly competent yeah i think it's not and a safe. good point yeah and safe, I think it's, uh, yeah but but that would be that's not, to me that's not a point about EVs. That's a point about technology and progress. You know, if, if EVs weren't a thing now, um, and we were all still driving around in um, you know conventional ice cars, the same could be able to said for that. They're that way because we live in twenty twenty three, not because they're EVs. Mm. You know, yeah, you yeah that's get, right. That's you know, right, yeah. when I was you know when I first started working in this business in the late nineteen eighties, um, we used to have a file of things on the autocar test one called what went wrong and at the end of the year we'd publish it and it would be the list of all the stuff that broke on all the test cars we drove because back then cars broke particularly if they drove them the way we did mm. these days it's really pretty rare you might get a you know an electronic warning message come up you might get some little ghost in the machine but i mean when were you last left sat at the side of the side of the road by a test car that had broken down no, it's never it just doesn't happen anymore mm. so cars have just got more competent and yeah. they would have done that whether they're EVs or not. Um, and the final point he makes is that, <clears throat> you know, we see it. There is a climate crisis and it is better. He says, I love cars, but our carbon footprint absolutely must come down. And that's true. And that is across the spectrum. All types of energy production, all types of transportation, all types of haulage. You know, we need significant cuts in emissions from all of those sectors. Yep. Um, and cars are a part of it. No question, but not a huge part. Um, and he ends by saying, the Model T of electric cars hasn't yet arrived, to my mind. Um, which is kind of the point we've been making, isn't it? It's What we wanted to do with the podcast, I think, was have a, a, a fairly robust assessment of where we are with EVs right now. Mm. Um, and I, I actually don't dispute many of these points because things are, are going to improve. Solutions will be found. Um, it's interesting that David 
says the Model T of electric cars hasn't yet arrived. So that breakthrough, that thing that um, makes EVs work for the masses, he accepts hasn't yet arrived. And I think probably that's what we're waiting for, isn't it? That breakthrough moment where all of a sudden it works for the majority of the, the populace. It is very interesting. Um, and yeah, sh- how surprised should we be that um, it hasn't got any? The Model T came out in 08, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. the car then was, what, 22 years old? Well, you take the first sort of mainstream manufacturer electric car, which is the original Nissan Leaf, which came out in uh, 9 or 10. So we're only... Yeah, so maybe 100 years later. So we're only like a dozen years into the EV revolution um, and a dozen years into the car revolution took us to, um, you know, 1897 when cars didn't even still didn't even have air in their tyres or steering wheels. Um, So I think that's a very interesting point. I think that the Model T of the EV is absolutely not with us yet. Mm. Um, I really, really hope it comes along because that'll be a fantastic thing. but, you know, we can only judge what we know at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and the point about um, about environmental sustainability is I don't even feel, and I watch this stuff and I monitor this stuff quite closely, I don't even feel remotely well, sufficiently well educated to know how much greener an EV is once you've offset, you know, the additional weight, um, the way that they are made, the recycling. You know, I, I read something quite recently, uh, and I think this is pretty accurate, that you need to drive an EV about 60,000 miles um, before it becomes um, more environmentally beneficial than an ICE car. Mm. Now, you know, most cars do do more than 60,000 miles in their life. So I think absolutely the EVs net are beneficial for the environment. Uh, I do believe that. But by how much... And I think that there is there's still this sense out there in the greater wider world that because it's powered by electricity, therefore it is somehow environmentally saintly. Yeah. And that just isn't the case. Uh, and what I, what I would wish is that people on both sides of this argument um, would get out of their grandstands and accept um, that there is nuance, there is balance, there, is, there are hard facts that need to be accepted by both sides before actually what we need, which is the honest reality of the situation, can be presented. But at the moment, you know, you just get these polarising forces all shouting at each other um, and the, you know, the silent majority stuck in the middle wondering what, you know, whether they're doing the right thing or not. Mm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We, we, we want some truth, don't we? We don't want polemics. We just exactly. want some truth. What is the truth of it right now? We've, well, got all, we've, Dan, we've got all serious again. I thought we were going to do this on this podcast. <laughs> well, we're almost done. But we'll have this conversation again in five years, in ten years, and we'll see how, how much progress has been made. There yeah. will be progress, but that's not particularly helpful for people who right here and now are thinking about making the switch um, and feel a little bit lost. Um, it's an ongoing conversation. We'll have it again. So there we go. David, I hope we've addressed some of your points. Many thanks for taking the time to write in. Um, yeah. I do appreciate that. And... There you go. We'll uh, end next week's podcast with a listener question rather than feedback corner. Yeah, just before we go, I'm just sort of sitting here wondering what my prize is going to be. Um, well, you, I'm going to pick one of these yeah. at random um, and you get to keep one free. Oh, it's the Austin Allegro. Joy. Do you know what? <laughs> okay, not for a year. I would really enjoy a weekend in an Allegro. Would you? Yes. Oh, come on. If somebody said to you, Dan, 
here's a weekend, you're not doing anything, I'm just going to park an Allegro outside your house and put the keys to the letterbox. Would it still be there on Monday morning? You would, you'd go out and you'd have a little tootle, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd have a bit of fun with it. That's true, you would. Yeah. Well, Because you'd, be, you'd be interested, wouldn't you? That is your prize. Thank you very much. Enjoy. Oh, delighted. <laughs> Thanks all. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.